Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. So our topic for today is idolatry. I thought about talking about this because I see that people still have a warped idea of what idolatry really is. Idolatry is a lot of things. It's not about just making an image and bowing down to it. It's so many things. And I'm going to be kind of just talking off of the top of my head. Usually, I write down what I'm going to say before I say it so I don't make mistakes. But I'm just going to kind of go with it today. Uh... So, as I said, basically we always think that idolatry is just about making an image and, and bowing down in front of it. But it's, it's much more than that. It's a lot of things. And I'm going to go into as much as I can today. Now, while that is one part of idolatry, understand that because sin is a transgression of Yahuwah's law, and doing righteousness is serving Yahuwah. That means if we sin, it is an act of idolatry because it's going contrary to Yahuwah's law. So when we sin, we are actually serving another master. And um, contrary to popular belief, there are only two masters in this world. And one of them is not even a master. He's just impersonating one. He's impersonating Elohim. And his role here is to turn everyone away from Elohim. And the easiest way to do that is to make everybody do the opposite of what Yahuwah says. So if you're doing the opposite of what Yahuwah says, you are playing into his plan and you are serving his purpose so you're serving him remember the bible says that you cannot serve two masters you can't serve both elohim and mammon it says if you serve two masters you're gonna love one and despise the other and that's the truth there's no going around it You're always going to love one more and give more attention to one. And that's basically what idolatry is. I mean, technically anything can become an idol to us. It can be a thing. It can be another religion. It can be even a thought process. And a thought process really means ourselves. Because if we serve the way that we think, then we're serving ourselves. We think that we are right. And this is the way to do it. And nobody else can tell us what to do. Because we know everything and we know what is right from what is wrong. Then we have made ourselves gods, which also again 
serves the other master. See, he doesn't really care how you want to serve him. As long as you're not serving Yahuwah. As long as you're not, you know, you can you can talk about Yahusha, you can read his Bible, you can go to church, you can fast. I mean, you can do all of these things. But as long as your mind and heart is not set, well, your mind is your heart. Well, as long as your mind is not set upon him, then all of this is meaningless. And you're fulfilling the purpose of Satan. And a lot of us do this. Actually, it's one of the biggest forms of idolatry. Ourselves. A lot of the reasons why we have different um, denominations nowadays, it's because of um, we thinking that we are right and everybody else is wrong. So I think of this thing and we think that yes, we are hearing from the Spirit and everybody thinks that they're hearing from the Spirit. But this is just reality. The Bible says that no part of the scripture is of any secret interpretation. So why is it that we think that our interpretation of the Bible is um, better than everybody else's um, interpretation of the Bible? You understand? What we should try to be doing is to all come to the same understanding. Because the Bible says, let no divisions be among you. He said that our minds must be one. Our thoughts must be one. We must have the same mind towards one another. So, even today with all these denominations, where we think that we're right in what we're doing, it's actually wrong. He did not create denominations. Churches used to be named after the location that they were. That's all churches um, used to be and named after. So all churches would have been saying the same thing. Or all synagogues, rather. Let me say that because we're going from Jewish. All synagogues were saying the same thing and, and, and teaching the same thing. And the only difference were their location. But today we have a lot of false mental conceptions around us and we're filled up with pride and we think that yes, we are still serving Yahuwah. I read an interesting verse last night or I think the, the day before where the Bible was saying to us that we well not we but saying that the leaders judge for reward and the priests preach for hire and the prophets divine for money and they all are saying that they are under Elohim and that nobody can touch them 
And this is what the denominations are doing today. Everybody thinks that they're serving Elohim. Even when they're serving Satan. Even when it's plain to see that our belief is wrong. But once we have a congregation, we think we're going places, man. It's, it's really sad. And then we have the idolatry of things and people by the way now I'm gonna start with the things sometimes we don't even know that we are a part of idolatry we really do not know we'll have something and think that it is easy we, we, we like it and we think it's um, easy to let go if we, you know, want to stop. But when we really want to say we, we have converted and we are starting to serve Elohim in spirit and in truth. And now it is time to get rid of this thing. You realize you don't want to get rid of this thing. And, and, that's, and you have this really strong feeling towards it that you don't want to get rid of it and you start making excuses for the reason why you should keep it and why it doesn't affect your spirituality that is idolatry if there's anything in your life that you cannot let go it is an idol I can tell you that I've been through a situation. It was not completely right, but it helped me to let go of things. There was one time I was in part of this church and the pastor was preaching about images. Now, I was still growing in the faith, so I wasn't aware of certain things. So I listened to him and um, he was talking about the Ten Commandments and about the images that we shouldn't have any images in our home and we had to remove the stuff that had flowers on them and pictures and stuff of things that were created and we had to get rid of a lot of things and while it was wrong (laughs) you know a wrong interpretation again I say this a wrong interpretation of the commandment what I learned throughout the process is that I'm not supposed to hold on to things and after that experience I became really closer to Elohim even after correcting my mindset about the interpretation of that commandment I did not have the sort of attachment that I used to have inside of me to things because I did have an attachment problem and I wouldn't have known that until I was forced to have to get rid of a lot of things that I loved and while while I was getting rid of them and I and that strong feeling came up I had to ask myself I had to sit down and because this is what we have to do when we're faced with a problem we have to sit down and reason with Elohim and reason with ourselves if the fight is going on 
you have to reason it out. There's nothing wrong with stopping and reasoning it out. You have to speak truth into yourself. And you have to ask Elohim to make that truth be made manifest within you. So I had to sit down and ask myself, is this the price for my salvation? Is this piece of clothes or, you know, this this picture or whatever it is, is this the price of my salvation? Is this what I'm going to trade my soul for? Am I this cheap? Ask yourself these things. Allow yourself to really think about it. And when I did the when I did those things and I came to my conclusion, it was easier to throw these things away. Because when I looked at all the things that Yahushad had done for me before I was even born, before he even before I even knew him. None of these things that I have were as valuable as my relationship with him. So we need to really ask ourselves. Is there anything standing between me and Elohim? What is my idol? What is it that I can't bear to lose? You know, people every day try to make money to live. And this is a normal thing, you know, working to live. But I have also found out that that has become a big idol in this world. We can't even serve Elohim because of our jobs. But I don't think really it's because of our jobs that we can't serve Elohim. It's because of our unbelief. You know, with getting deeper in my faith, I was put at home, I was placed at home for one year. And it was very, very hard for me because I was very used to working and and stuff. And and being at home, it was terrible for me. And um, and no, I it's not like I wasn't seeking a job. I just I wasn't getting any jobs, and I was wondering what was happening. But it was a conditioning to stay at home. And this was before the pandemic. The next year, I said, okay, I'm going to do school. And I did, um, and I went to some classes for a year. Actually, the first year, I think I did the classes. And the second year, I just kind of just stayed home. And then the pandemic started and my father got sick and I had to go down there and take care of him. And while I was there taking care of him, He kept pushing me to go get a job. But I always said to him, 
if I was working right now, I would have never had the time to even come and take care of you because he had a stroke. And I realized this was what I was being prepared for because I was at his house for seven months. That's a long time. That was almost a year. Just a few months short of a year. If I was working, could I have done Elohim's work? And I saw while staying home and keeping his um, Shabbats and keeping his feast days, his annual feast days, which we know there are seven of them. If you don't know about them, you can go check my other podcast about these feasts. I've done one podcast for each feast. And I just felt myself getting closer and closer to him. And I saw things changing in my life. Things became clearer. I was becoming wiser. I was seeing things for what they were. And, you know, all these things that my mind was clouded about became very, very clear to me. And the next thing that started to happen is that I started getting things free of cost from everywhere. I mean, from even people that you never ever thought would bring something to you and give to you. I mean, it's just so weird. But when you start to trust in him and stop thinking about the fact that you're not working and you're not, you know, not a cog in the wheel of this system that Satan has set up. Because Satan is the one that set up this current world system. Where we're on this racehorse track where we don't have enough time to slow down and say thank you Yahusha he wants that he wants our distraction he wants us to be trapped in the world and our goals and all of that and all of it becomes an idol the whole world system Even our goals become an idol because we want to accomplish these things in certain time. And we never asked Elohim, what is his goal for us? Because all of us are created for a purpose. And I see people that are making their dreams into Elohim's purpose. How are your dreams Elohim's purpose? Have we ever thought about it have we ever asked him although sometimes it doesn't even matter if we ask him because some of us want a certain answer so we'll even make up a voice in our head that tells us yes go that's an idol i never knew my father would get sick I never knew I was going to be the one to have to take care of him because he hated me. And I never knew I was going to be home for so long. I never knew I could be home. But it's funny, when the pandemic came, everybody was at home. And I was the only one that wasn't panicking. I've heard a lot of things increase since people have been at home, domestic abuse, child abuse, and people committing suicide and all those things. But because I've been conditioned to stay home (laughs) before the pandemic started, uh, I was used to it. 
And that's just how Elohim prepares us. But we have to let go. I'm not saying it was easy to let go of working. Let, going, let go of doing things a certain way. Of solving my problems a certain way. But we have to trust Him. It's hard to not do things the way it's always been done. Even now, when I'm explaining this, I know a lot of people are listening and saying, what is she saying? Is she saying I should leave my job and just sit down and trust him? Well, I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything. It is based upon our faith. How much faith do you have in your creator? Is the job that you're doing really given to you by him? And there's a lot of ways to answer that. Because if it's taking up all of your time and you don't have any time to fast, you don't have any time to study your Bible, you don't have any time to go to church, or say not even go to church because I assemble at home. So you don't have any time to assemble with other believers and give him praise and worship. You don't have any time to keep his Shabbats. You don't have any time to keep his feast days. That falls contrary to the world's holidays. And you'll get those times off for those world holidays because the Satan system permits that. It's his holidays. Christmas is his birthday. Of course he'll give you time off to celebrate his birthday. But he won't give you time off for Yahusha. You'll have to take that time. The fear that we have is the wrong type of fear. We fear that if we take time off to serve Elohim, all hell is going to break loose. What will we do? And a lot of the reasons why we are so afraid of it is because how we have set up our lives. We took on much more than we could handle. And to stop now would mean complete chaos. Which is why Yahusha tried to show us in the Bible, but we always ignore how he came and how he lived. He didn't have a house. He didn't have um, a spare change of clothes. He didn't have anything, even when he was walking. He didn't even have a bag or a suitcase. He didn't tell us not to live somewhere, right? And he did not tell us not to have a spare change of clothes. However, he did tell us that he would provide our daily needs. He even proved that he could take care of us by telling the disciples to do the exact same thing that he did and ask them a little time after about a year after or so to ask them if they've ever been hungry if their slippers have ever you know loosened of their feet he's asked all of these questions so the things that we put focus on the things that we think is providing for us is not really the source we need to stop making our jobs our idols you know our money our idols 
our children are idols, the things that are in our house, our clothes, or we make all of these things idols. And it's worse when they do something for us, like our jobs. We tend to not want to let them go. But what a job can do for you, Elohim can do more. So if you're going to find a job, find a job that can facilitate your faith. Let everything that you do revolve around your relationship with him. And not let everything that he does has to revolve around you and what you want to do. That's against nature. And it will never work because he doesn't run behind people. He doesn't follow people. People follow him. And talking about people following people, we have the idolatry of people. Now, other than the idolatry of ourselves thinking that we're oh so beautiful, we're oh so mighty, we're oh so wise, and we're oh so rich, there is the idolatry of people. And this is where we get stars from. We have stars and we have celebrities. And in Asia, we have idols. They literally call them idols. And it's worse because they who call them idols, it's really a kind of zombie-like fan base that they have in Asia. It's really scary. We're a little more sedate over here in the West. But it's terrible all around. Because a lot of people that say they serve Elohim, I'm not talking about the ones in the world. There's one, there's people that serve Elohim that have these people's pictures up on their phones as their wallpaper. They have their posters hanging over their beds. And their songs are the ones we're always playing. Or we are watching their movies all the time. And we pay attention to every little thing these people do. And we feel their pain when they're in pain. And we're happy for them when they're happy. But we don't show that type of attention to Elohim. We don't care what he's happy about. We don't care what he's sad about. I mean, we don't even read our Bibles. We don't even put up verses out of the Bible to give somebody some inspiration or teach somebody about Elohim. I mean, I've had this problem with a lot of people that I know that go to church. These people say they're baptized. These people say they're serving Elohim. But every time you look at a social media post, it's about either themselves or their idol, their celebrity. And I said it to them. I said it to them. I said it to them. If you serve Elohim, where's the proof of that? Who, what stranger is going to follow your social media and know who you serve 
I mean, everybody, almost everybody talks about God. Actually, even people who don't believe in God talk about God. I mean, there's people that walk on the street and when they, you know, stub their toe, they cry out for God. Does it mean that they're baptized? Does it mean they share a membership in church? Does it mean that they do anything at all? Do they even believe in the person that they just cried out about? So what's the difference between you and those people? You don't study and you don't share what you study. You might listen to um, gospel songs now and then, but you've never shared one. If you do share a quote on your social media, it's probably from one of those, you know, scientists or philosophers. What about the word of truth? What is your proof? Why is your entire social media page consumed with things that have nothing to do with Elohim? We need to ask ourselves, who are we fooling? You know, when I came in the church, or rather, when I came in the faith, I started to post stuff about Elohim slowly. But I was really fighting with my flesh. Because my flesh was really more about me and not about him. And I had pictures up of celebrities and so and whatever. And slowly but surely, Elohim made the change in me because I kept asking him, what more can I do? I want to be closer to you. I want to grow. That's my constant prayer. I want to grow. I don't want to be stagnant like dirty water. And eventually, I got to the point, especially through the exercise, as I said, where I went through removing images. And I removed all pictures of me on social media. And I decided after that to start putting up things about Elohim. I think the biggest wake-up call that I got was when I saw that verse in the Bible from John where he says that he must decrease and he must increase. So if I am a new creature, I'm a brand new woman, then I have to show my newness. I have to show people what the change is. I'm not about myself anymore. My self is of least importance. He is what is important. And I have something good now that I want to share. And I want everybody to know about it. So my entire social media page <laughs> is actually consumed with things about my faith. If I'm even quoting something, it's more, it, it's it's a paraphrase rather of what is in the Bible. I barely, I'm not gonna say I don't, I barely post about myself, and I still don't put up pictures of myself either. 
because I don't want to give my 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 flesh an open door. Because and this is my personal thing. I'm not saying that you should stop putting up pictures of yourself. This is just me. I know how narcissistic I can get, so I don't put up any pictures at all. But the important part is allowing people to understand who you are. When they look at your social media page, you should tell them about what your faith is, about Elohim, about what you're so immersed into. I don't have to talk to people to let people know who I am. When they look at me, they see who I am. I remember making a quote one time that, that says, Live in a way that doesn't need explanation. If you are serving Elohim, but you're showing people another Elohim, another master, another idol, then they're going to think about you and the other idol and not about the Elohim that you claim to serve. And then you'll have to explain to them that, you know, I'm baptized. I remember one time when I was at work and I was introducing myself. And after I introduced myself as a, I used to use the term Christian at the time. Everybody sort of kind of joined the band and everybody was saying that they were Christian. And I was really discomfited by it because I was looking at all the people that stood up and introduced themselves as a Christian. And me and them look completely different. And the actions that followed after those introductions showed me that none of these people knew what they were talking about. And I know I wasn't judging. If I had seen them and they had looked different, but afterwards acted the way that they were supposed to act, as the Bible says, by the fruit you shall know them, then I would know that yes, looks can be deceiving. Or rather, that part of them hasn't changed yet. But I realized that no part of them hasn't haven't changed and me and them couldn't be friends. When we started having conversations, I realized we were, we were on two completely different wavelengths. They were just saying those things because, you know, they wanted to follow the crowd. And I wondered why. I felt bad that they thought that they had to match my introduction. Well, if I look at it from another point of view, I could say that it's probably a little bit cute that people want to, you know, what? It's like a fan thing, really. But instead of really just introducing yourself and saying that, oh, I'm a Christian, why not be a follower, be a real one, be an authentic one? Because people really start to watch you when you say certain things. And when you don't come through with your expectations, with their expectations, it's, it's going to create a problem. Not just for you. Because if it creates a problem for me, I'm fine with that. But it's the problem with your belief in Elohim. Because remember, nobody can't see him. So we have to be his PR people. Public relations for him. 
We are the one who does all of that work. So if we don't show who we serve, then how is anybody else going to know that? It's not like they can see him. We have so many different ways to commit idolatry. And by the way, just letting you know, if you commit adultery as well, I should I should really talk about that. Adultery and fornication. When you are when you are in a marriage, both of you are seen as one and you're married to Elohim. So it's actually two. It's still two. It's not three. It's two. Because you are one twain and then you have Elohim. So it's two people in a marriage. That's that's how two persons, sorry, not people, two persons in a marriage. So it's two persons on earth, and between you and heaven, it's two persons again. When you go outside of your marriage and take another person, then it becomes three, then it becomes a broken marriage. So you know you not only committed adultery to your wife or husband, but you also committed idolatry to Elohim. Because as again I say, sin is the transgression of Elohim's law. So if you commit idol, um, if you commit adultery, you are serving Satan. Because that's Satan's thing: broken families and broken marriages and broken homes. Uh, also fornication. In the Bible, it says, "Thine maker is thine husband." So because our maker is our husband, as long as we're not married, we're married to him until, you know, he sees fit to give us away to someone else. So because of that, we can't just get up and just give our bodies to whoever we feel to give it to. If we do that, we stop serving him and serving Satan. Because if we give our bodies to a servant of Satan, then we become members of Satan and not members of Elohim. The Bible did say that whoever you yield your members to obey, that is your God. So, we have to be careful about what we do with ourselves. As I said, we have to show who is our Elohim in every aspect of our lives. So I hope this gives a, a bigger clarity to what idolatry is. It can be a false mental conception. It can be ourselves. It can be our celebrities or our children that we idolize and don't want to correct. Um, it can be things like possessions or it can be money and it could be another religion and it's any sin so just think about it meditate upon yourself think is there anything in my life that I need to get rid of is there anything that I need to detach myself from I always pray about this and ask Elohim that if there's anything that I have an unhealthy attachment to, 
help me to separate myself from it that it doesn't come between me and you doesn't care i don't care what it is if it's my child or 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 my spouse or or food or money or even my own thoughts of myself because the bible says you're not supposed to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think So do your meditation and let Elohim help you to fix what needs to be fixed. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time. To check out more of my stuff or to contact me, you can reach me at Facebook at Little Space Kaleidoscope Space Girl or on Instagram at Little underscore Kaleidoscope underscore Girl or on Wattpad at kaleidoscope the pen or on my blog on wordpress at little kaleidoscope girl with no spaces thank you for tuning in